Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Such a high honor to be in, I guess, north of the rock. Is that right? Is there such a thing as a little rock? Why they name this place Little Rock or some you know, monument or something like Little Rock or something like that. Anyway, the Lord's been so good and gracious. We thank you for allowing us a portion of your time tonight, and it's a blessing of the Lord. Because, you know, when God's in a house, things happen. But it can't happen unless he uses people. Because he loves us. For God so loved, he didn't say just love us, he so loved us that he gave us only begotten son. Now, that's the greatest gift we've ever received in our life. And God is so good and gracious. So I apologize for not wearing a tie. What do you think of these tennis shoes? Look at this here. <laughs> see, see, when, you, when you're this old, you got to do something, you know? <laughs> you got to do what them kids do, praise the Lord. But God, God is so good and gracious. How many of you watch our television show or, or social media? Okay. If this is the first time you've ever seen me in person, would you stand up? My God. Where have you been? I think I came to Little Rock when I had brown hair, <laughs> and that's been a while. But anyway, God is so good and gracious. I'll just let you handle this kind of stuff, but the Lord is so good. How many people brought your Bibles or your iPads or your telephones? And Pastor Phil, is it all right if I go down there? I'm going to go down there. I, I feel like I'm on the Sermon on the Mount up here. Praise God. I like getting close to people. Jesus liked getting close to people, and uh, I, I can walk, brother. I don't need no help. <laughs> oh, you get the podium, okay. <laughs> see, you see this white hair, you got to help that old man get off. <laughs> Hallelujah. Can y'all put this down here? That would be a blessing. See, the closer I get to you, the younger I look. That's right. <laughs> Come on, help me out, lady. <laughs> Praise God. Go ahead and lie about it if you like. <laughs> Praise God. But the Lord is so good and gracious. The other day, I went to get off, and the man, he grabbed me. I said, I can walk. I'm all right. <laughs> you know, Jesus is so good and gracious, so... Is that I want every minister and minister's wife, would you stand up? If you're a minister or minister's wife, the Bible said, how can they hear? Thank you, sir. How can they hear unless they have a preacher? So there's no way we can get laid off. See, there's 7.8 billion people on this planet, and the Lord said, go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Not just some. Keep standing for a minute. Let me just say, something has happened. You can just put this over here somewhere. It'll be fine. When Elon Musk put 156 satellites up there, that happened not too long ago. I always wondered about this scripture, and I want you to look at these ministers. God said he could save a nation in a day. I'm like, I ain't going to do that. And that all eyes would see him. Now, how that's going to happen? But today, we can, there are 7.8 billion people on the planet. We can preach to them all in seven minutes. So those two scriptures can come to pass because of those satellites. And if Jesus comes, they got cameras on them. All they got to do is this. And the Bible says, all eyes will see. And you may be seated. Think about that, see? So I really believe Jesus is coming. We brought some materials that uh, we'd like to uh, present some to you real quickly. 
I've had 12 best-selling books. The Lord's been good and gracious to us. But this book that I wrote, I just love it. We can't keep it in stock. I put it on Amazon, and it became a bestseller in three days. Sold out. Boom. And it's called I Never Learned to Doubt. I know nothing of doubt whatsoever. I wasn't raised like most people. I was raised and christened confirmed a Catholic boy. Now, my mother and father got saved, but I just wouldn't have anything to do with that. You know, and so all I knew was, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee, and our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Those two prayers. Anybody been Catholic at least once? Hold your hand if you've been Catholic at least once. Put your hand down. How many of you went to confession? Hold your hand up. Put your hand down. Watch this. How many of you told the truth? <laughs> well, you, you lie like a dog, man. I mean, you, sick of you trying to get out of there with three Hail Marys and three Our Fathers. Now, you Protestants don't have any idea what I'm talking about. Because a Protestant means protester. You're mad at somebody at the church. Hey, one name, let God This book, I never learned to doubt. See, doubt's mental anemia. It's actually a form of atheism. See, when you doubt God's word, you doubt that he exists. That's a fact. Because in the beginning was the word. The word was God. The word was with God. See, so when you doubt this word, you doubt that he exists. And I love chapter, I believe it's chapter 14 uh, in this book, and I, and I only show you the title on that I did on, and I like chapter 13 too, but I like this, that the doubt is an unconscious atheism. Refuse to make myself the center of my own belief. See, a lot of people do that. But chapter 13 is what I want to show you. Some people have excellent sight, but poor perception. They see well, but they don't perceive well. I hope you can get this book. It will bless you and minister like to you. It's back there. And I, I'm a very blessed man. I don't mean that pridefully. Don't get mad at me. It ain't my fault. I mean, Deuteronomy 8.18 works for me because I remember God. Thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth. Now, if wealth is so bad, how come you get, why does he give you power to get it? See, most people can't answer that question. They don't believe in prosperity. We didn't sell your house and live under a bridge. Give the money away. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. I'm flying out tonight, so if I make you mad, I won't be here long. Praise the Lord. You see what I'm saying? When you understand, I wrote this book. It's called The Big 12, and it's my personal confidence-building principle achieving total success, spiritually, physically, and financially. I've been preaching over 46 years, and I've never had a financial deficit. That's unheard of. You know why I didn't? Because you think I got more faith than you? That's not true. I don't believe I have any more faith than anybody in this building, but I might have a little more obedience. See, and if you be willing and obedient, you eat the good of the land. Some people are willing, but they're not obedient. Some people are obedient, but they're not willing. You see, so what happens is people say, well, why didn't I've had pastors and I preached a lot of minister conferences and conventions. Why didn't you never have that? I said, I never believed for it. You know how many preachers told me it's going to be rough? But I follow Jesus. Ephesians 5, verse 1 says, Be ye therefore imitators of God as dear, ch dear children. And, and I want to talk about this for a minute. See, the teaching apostles, they had financial trouble. Apostle Paul, Apostle James, Apostle John, Apostle Jude. Think about it. They had problems. And Paul was proof, example, he had problems with finances. Why? Because, see, God wanted to bless the man. And he said, Listen, no, no, I, I, I make tents, I work with my own hands. Well, that's good and it's nice but he didn't know how to receive. Then he changed it in the next epistle he wrote. He said, I did you a disservice by not receiving from you. 
Then you finally said, I am full and I have all and I abound because I have received from Ephroditus the things you did. You see what I'm saying? But he changed it. But Jesus never had a financial deficit. So I said, I don't follow him. Well, you, how can you follow him? Ephesians 5 verse 1. Be you therefore imitators of God as dear children. This here will help you spiritually, physically, financially. It works in the ministry room and the secular room. It's 12 different things, and you do these things, I'm telling you, it will minister life to you and also will place physical blessing in your hand. Say, I, I like chapter 10. Always be generous. Take as many to the top with you as you can. There's some people that don't want to go to the top with you. Well, I'm going to drag them if you got to. Because once they get up there, they'll like it. So that's back there. And then here, I love this. I just preached this new DVD called The Experience of Spiritual Thinking. See, a lot of people do secular thinking, intellectualizing things. But see, you, if you speak through you and think through your spirit, through a transformed soul and a crucified body, the intellectual things will come make sense to you. You'll begin to function properly, see, but you got, because you are a spirit, you were created a spirit, see, housed in a soul and clothed in a body. So the experience of spiritual thinking, and that's what I do all the time, so I'll know what to do, when to do it, where to do it, and how to do it. And then God will honor you and bless you. That's back there if you'd like to get it. And if you'd like to get our free magazine, and my newest book's coming out. It's called The Hidden Help. And I mean, I'm excited about that. It's about angels. I've had many angelic visitations and things of that nature. This is a free magazine. It's not free to you. It costs me $3 million a year. <laughs> and I have friends come out and say, Jesse, aren't you going to quit printing this? Because we also have it in digital. You can get it. I said, yeah, but see, Kathy likes the, the computers and the iPads. I like the book. There's some people, I don't know about you, I like a magazine in my hand. I, you know, I said, no. He said, yeah, but I mean, you could save so much money with postage and all that. Well, you can just go online, get it, you know, all of it. I said, that's true, but people look for this. And then we sent it out to, all, to a lot of prisons. I don't know, many, hundreds of thousands of, over the years, hundreds of thousands. And people got born again. So I don't know, uh, as long as I'm the head of this ministry, this thing is going to be here. And God is good. So if you like this, it's absolutely free to you. You can go to the back book and resource table if you so desire, and you'll be blessed. Stand to your feet one more time. Stretch a little bit. If you've got to rub something, rub it quick. <laughs> and get it over with, praise God. Okay, you can be seated. I just want to make sure you uh, everything run good here. As I was coming over, I said, Lord, what would you have me to say and what would you have me to do? He said, I want you to talk out of Second Kings. So go with me to the book of Second Kings. And um, that's right past First Kings for you people that don't read the Bible. You'd be surprised how many people don't read the Bible. They let the preacher read, do that. 2 Kings chapter 4, some very, very simple uh, scripture, and most people know about that. Then we'll just flow and minister at, at, at the close of this here. God will do anything you can believe, but he can't do anything you can't believe. You're always t somebody telling you what you can't do, and you already know that. But what can you do? Well, if you believe what Jesus said through spiritual thinking, you can do all things. So I can do all things. Now, the first thing people say to me, uh, brother, is that's cockiness and arrogance. No, that's Bible. That's just biblical. You know, God's word is so true that you need a good theologian to help you misunderstand it. He's trying to give it to you in Greek and Hebrew, and you got, you got a hard problem with English, much less Greek and Hebrew. So in 2 Kings chapter 4, very, very familiar scripture, 
I want to start reading with verse 1 of the old King James Bible. It says this, Now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha, saying, Notice what women say, Thy servant, my husband, is dead. And thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord, and the creditor is come to take unto him my two sons to be bondsmen. And Elisha said unto her, What shall I do for thee? Now, most people don't understand that. Most people, something happens to someone and they lose their, they, and they're in debt. We say, well, you know, the church can send you some flowers and, you know, give you a couple of hundred bucks or something like that. But that's the best we can do. Elisha didn't have that problem. He just looks at it and says, what shall I do for thee? What do you have in the house? God can't do nothing without a seed. See, because as long as the earth remains, and is it remaining? Yes. Seed time, harvest time. I call harvest time the H factor. See, because if you sow, you got to harvest. There's no, even if it's bad, be not deceived, God's not mocked, what sober men soweth, that shall he also reap. Either way, it's, it's designed to bring harvest, whatever it's good or bad. He didn't say, well, honey, I, we can do the best we can, but, but no, no. No, he said, what shall I do for thee? Now, why did that man leave his wife in debt? He was under the ministry of the prophet Elisha. You would think he'd learned that by now. Do you know who that man was? Would you like to know who that man was? Obadiah. The book, the Bible, Obadiah. God wrote a book titled Obadiah, and, he did, and yet he left his wife in trouble to, to the point that they're going to sell his sons uh, to be bondsmen. So you can be under someone's ministry sometime and not truly understand what that person is saying. But see, Elisha had an understanding, and I, and I want you to listen to them. I'll give you a little revelation. Elisha worked for a guy named Elijah. Now, Elijah was, uh, he was the man. Let's just face it, he was the man, son. And he had a prophet school, okay? Now, I want you to listen to it. He had a prophet school, and Elisha became his servant. Now, Elijah was on the road all the time, you know? So he tells Elisha, he said, listen, I got to go down to Bethel. Just stay here, he said. I ain't, I ain't staying. Wherever you go, I go. And I, you, you ain't leaving me. And when he got to Bethel, the, Be the Bethel people said, the Bethel prophet said, Hey, I heard that uh, God's going to take up your boss. He said, yeah, I know it. Shut up. Well, he stayed there a little bit, did his business. He said, now, now Elijah, stay here. I got to go to Jericho. And Elijah said, I am not staying here. I'm going wherever you go. So they went to Jericho, and the Jericho prophet people said, I heard that God's going to take your boss up. He said, yeah, I know it. Shut up. Notice that the prophets of Bethel and the prophets of Jericho are saying the same thing. When are our prophets going to do that? Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. When is our prophets going to do that? See, there's too much competitive prophesying going on. It's happening all over the place. Even if they make a mistake, they don't make no opinion. They, they, they make no, very few actually make an apology. It's called competitive prophesying. Now, Elijah looked at Elisha. He said, now, I'm going to tell you something. If you see me go up, you can have what you want. What you want. Now, here's the revelation. Elisha said, I want a double portion of your spirit. He didn't say, I want a double portion of your anointing, even though he got that. He said, I want a double portion of your spirit. He said, if you see me go up, it's going to happen. Well, watch that. He was so stuck to Elijah, Elijah, that God had to separate the boy from Elijah so he could get Elijah off the ground. Had to get between them. I mean, had to separate him because you ain't going nowhere without me. 
And Elijah dropped his mantle. And Elisha picked it up. Now, Elijah was the head of the school of the prophets. Elisha starts walking toward the River Jordan with the mantle of Elijah. There's 50 prophets on the other side of that river watching. There's always somebody watching you. Just looking at it. And I'm pretty sure those prophets are saying, my God, who's going to take over the school? What's going to happen here? And Elisha takes the mantle, and he strikes the River Jordan, and it separates. Notice what the prophet said that was across the river. They said, the spirit of Elijah is on Elisha. Now, here's the revelation. You want a big church? You want to do some big things? Your spirit will attract people. Your anointing will keep people. Write that down if you're taking notes. Your spirit will attract people. They will draw towards you, and your anointing will keep them. People ask me all the time, but people just love you. I say, yes, I'm very attractive. Now, I'm not talking about this. I'm talking about my spirit will attract people, then my anointing will keep them so they can complete their destiny and reach their destination. He said, what shall I do for thee? The Lord is asking you today, what shall he do for you? How many times you, you say no to God and not even realizing it when God, all he want to do is just bless you? So I want you to write this down if you're taking notes. Your blessing is limited by your capacity to receive. Your, whether it's spiritual, physical, or financial, your blessing is limited by your capacity to receive. See, your blessings are often tied to what you want and what you're willing to declare. Your blessings are tied to what you want what you're willing to declare. Isaiah 119 said, you know, if you be willing or obedient, you eat the good of the land. You see, so your blessing is limited by what you, your ability to receive. Now, I want to ask a question. I want an honest answer. Is anybody here need some money? Hold your hand up. You need some money. You know why you need some money? You ever wonder why you need some money? Let me tell you why. Because you don't know what you want. You know what you need. Well, people real quick tell you what they need, but they don't know what they want. See? They just know what they need. Now, Kathy's told me this for years. Jesse, you never ask God for a need, and I never will. It's a waste of spiritual energy. Why would you do such a foolish thing? Well, I lost this crowd. Let me go over here. <laughs> Why? Why? When the Bible said he will supply how many need? Oh. How many need? Oh. How many need? Oh. oh, let me get black with it. How many need, Lord? <laughs> so why would you ask him for a need? Why don't you tell him what you want? You know why you won't tell him what you want? Because the church says that's greed. No, that's not greed. That's growth. You want Little Rock? It's yours for your bidding. Do you want it enough? Ah, that's what I'm talking about, see? The Lord's my shepherd, I shall not. When are we going to believe this Bible instead of someone's opinion or someone's experience about it? When? We're going to wait another millennium. We're going to wait another century. You see, people can tell you tomorrow, what they, they can tell you tonight what they need, but they don't know what they want because the church will say, if you say that, that's greed. No. And see, people say, I don't blame in that prosperity stuff. Then you cannot go to heaven. You cannot go to heaven because you're going to get mad at Jesus. You're going to get offended in heaven. I don't believe in that prosperity stuff. Because when you get to heaven, there's no asphalt. There's no concrete. You're walking on gold. And you're going to see diamond, 
beryl, jasper, onyx, ruby, pearly gates. My God. What are you going to tell God, well, Jesus when you say, no, Jesus. This ain't right. He's going to say, go to hell. Now, in Louisiana, that's not cussing. That's a location. You want more scripture? His will be done where? 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 As it is where? In my father's house are many what? How come you're not living like that? Because the church world won't let you. The secular world won't let you. Persecution will come at you when he said his will be done here in earth, on earth, as it is in heaven. You think I'm worried about what persecution says? Percy's not cute. It don't make no difference what he says. I am living on this earth like as if I'd be living in heaven. I don't mean that pridefully or arrogantly. I just read the book. You see, I have no doubt. <laughs> I didn't have to unlearn some things. You know, first time I ever heard of a church split, you know what I thought happened? I said, did the, did, did, did the church fall down? Did the, did it? See, I thought it was an earthquake. Split. They said, no. I said, well, what happened? Well, some people left and went and built another church. I said, why? See, that didn't compute to me. Because, you see, we're all one body made up of many members. The Bible said come together in the unity of faith. It didn't say the unity of doctrine. See, we're trying to get everybody to believe everything. That ain't going to happen. Baptists going to believe once saved, always saved, whether you Pentecostals like it or not. You can spit and scream till you blew in the face. They don't care. And you're going to believe in speaking in tongues whether the Baptists believe in it or not. They can say something to the devil. You're going to say, I don't care what you say. And you'll speak in tongues. I'll just show you that's true. But he never told us to come together in the unity of doctrine. He told us to come together in the unity of faith. See, we don't have unity in the body of Christ. We have uniformity. In other words, I'll go hear the God preach, but you know, I don't really have that stuff to say, but you know, I'll be nice. When God said unity, one mind, one accord, that's spiritual thinking. See, so your blessing is limited to your capacity to receive. See, I don't know limits you in life and causes you to live in lack, not knowing will cause a delay in your blessing. And that's 2 Timothy 1.12, for I know in whom I have believed. How many of you knew I was coming today? Oh, yeah. How'd you know? You couldn't see me. You couldn't hear me. You couldn't touch me. You couldn't smell me. I was not in the rim of your five senses. Yet, you came out on this uh, Wednesday night. Now, what would you have done if you'd have got here and a pastor would say, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Brother Jesse ain't coming. I just want to see how many of y'all would come to this place on a Wednesday night. <laughs> There'd be a crucifixion out the front of this building right there. <laughs> Church would be full Sunday for the funeral of the pastor. <laughs> no. See, you believe someone's words. Because words are containers that hold your future. See, so I don't know, limit you in life. Don't let the fear of choosing make you choose nothing. That's the problem with people. They have a fear of choosing things so they don't choose nothing. That's what, that's what uh, Elijah told, uh, uh, Elisha told that woman. Uh, what shall I do for thee? What, what do you have now? We said, I, I don't have much of nothing. I just got a little cruise oil. We'll go get it. 
But, 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 but it ain't nothing. He said, no, just do what I tell you, woman. Just do what I tell you. And then he said, when you go in there, he said, borrow all the pots, you know the situation. Get every empty bucket you can. And then when you're in there, close the door. Keep the gainsayers outside. Don't let them look in there. And start pouring. And you know, it flowed until she quit pouring, until she ran out of vessels. Now, why wouldn't God do that to you? He's no respecter person. Hmm. Hmm. See what I'm saying? What shall I do for thee? God is saying that today. What shall I do for thee? What do you want? Spiritual, physical, financial. All three. It doesn't make any difference. You see, and on your best day, you can't impress God with your money or your wealth. Ladies and gentlemen, if money is so bad, how come you have a hard time giving it away? You know, if you eat something bad, you spit it out, huh? Man, you, know, you can't handle stuff bad. Well, if money's that bad, why do you have a hard time giving it away? Money's not bad. Money is a tool that you use in an economic society. It's the love of money that's bad. You don't fall in love with money because then you make money your security, and God will have no other gods before him. Do you see what I'm saying? Do you understand what I'm talking about here? See, when you understand, what shall I do for thee? I said, Lord, whatever. He said, well, you got to know, you got to tell me well, whatever, whatever is, so you got to find out what you want. Some of you ladies may want a real Louis Vuitton purse or Chanel or Escada or Givenchy or Gucci or Christian Dior. I'm not talking about when them knockoffs come, that when the cops come, the guy run around the corner. <laughs> I'm talking about something real. Oh, well, people are not going to like that. We know what people like. You're not serving people. Amen. You're serving God. Does that your light so shine? I know you're a pastor, and you're supposed to pastor me. People say, how do you know a good pastor? My litmus test, I smell them. Because <laughs> if they don't have the smell of sheep on them, they're not a pastor. Ah. You see, oh, I'm an evangelist. No, you're just a traveling speaker. An evangelist is like a fire truck running, and everybody gets out the way of the fire truck, then they get back on the road to go see where the fire is burning. That's an evangelist. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So don't let the fear of choosing make you choose nothing. So I made up my mind all these years ago, because I didn't have to unlearn something, that I wouldn't have a financial deficit. Oh, did I get persecuted? And I have been persecuted by the best. I was the number one story in the world four years ago. I'm talking ABC, CBS, NBC, Good Morning America, Fox, Fox Business. I mean, I was, my picture and my name was on the front page of the newspaper in Kazakhstan. I don't even know where that's at. <laughs> that rich preacher's got four jets. That's not true. I've had four jets, but not at one time. But they didn't tell you I gave two away. It was all a lie. And people love to believe that, and some of them still do. Well, I don't think you ought to have that plane. I don't think I asked you. <laughs> Did I ask you anything? Who well, you think you ought to start with? I don't mean not to be arrogant or proper. Wait a minute. You don't judge me because I don't judge you. That's God's business. It's simply a tool. I mean, I got to be back tonight, and I mean, tomorrow, I'm up, I'm, I'm, in, that, I'm in that television station, that station's television, the studio, it's going to happen. You just can't say, no, I, I ain't going to do it today. No, you got to do it today. And let me give you an idea about social media. Do y'all ever see us on social media, the boardroom chats, the faith, the facts, 
uh, the Bible thing. We, Kathy got me to doing that. They're always looking for me to do some work. You know, I said, good God, man, I'm on broadcast television. I'm not working like a dog, you know. She said, well, you, and when the COVID hit, yeah, but you, so you, you can preach to a camera like you're preaching to that silk flower. Ring. You don't care if anybody, you can just preach like there's millions of people there. Well, I can see them through the camera. Yeah. I envision them, Jeannie. I can see them, you know what I'm saying? So she said, you got to do all this stuff. That's enough work, see. I said, Lord, gee. So I started. We started doing that from January 2020 to the end of September 2022, social media. You ready for this? If this wouldn't have happened to me, I would not believe it. We've had 45 million, 44,352 people contact us. We are working 24-7, seven days a week to service this. I thought, my God. And Kathy said, I told you so. I said, I guess you will the rest of your life, too, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> when you understand, I, what, not that I wasn't afraid to do it. I, I just thought, my God, man, what else you want me to do? See, oh, but I don't know. What I don't know sometimes is an excuse to just stay where you are. So pick and stick. See, don't let critical people steal your joy or sideline your faith. I don't let people try to steal my joy. When I got hit with that, Jody, my daughter, I have one daughter, one granddaughter. I have a very small nuclear family. Me, Kathy, Jody, Meredith, and Jay. That's it. So Christmas dinner, five. All my grandparents, my mama, my daddy, all my uncles, my aunts, everybody, my oldest brother, all of them, they're all in heaven. See what I'm saying? So watch this. I mean, I just pick and stick. I don't let critical people steal my joy or sideline anything. So I, I just, you know, and Jody comes up to me. I mean, I, I was in New York, ladies and gentlemen. I walked out my hotel, and there's Good Morning America. Oh, they're coming at me with everything. And Jody said, Dad, what you going to say? I said, I already talked to God about it. I said, Lord, how do you want me to handle this? He said, you'll kill it with joy. And the joy of the Lord is my strength. And John Hagee tagged me with a tag 40 years ago. He said, Jesse Duplantis is the apostle of joy. <laughs> and I thought, well, that's a nice thing, but I never thought it. And boy, it has stuck with me. Now, let me give you an idea. How many of you have been watching me for years? BTN? Been on a year. How long? 30 years? No, okay. Have you ever saw me sad? Sick? Depressed? Discouraged? Despondent? Broke? <laughs> Glory to God. You see, why? I don't let critical people sideline my faith or steal my joy. So when they came at me, I said, wait a minute. I said, I will answer every question you ask me, but before I'd like to say something to you. Yes, sir. I said, first thing, I want to thank you for putting me on your program. I said, now there are people that never knew who I was, now they know who I am. Yeah. And I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. They go, <coughs> they didn't know what to say. I said, now, what do you want to talk about? They didn't know what to say. I said, you done forgot what you came for, didn't you? And sure enough, when they ran the thing, they were nailing, tuning everything, and all of a sudden, the lady that was doing the story, you might have seen on Good Morning America, and I was watching it on the news. The Lord said, put the television on, I want you to watch this. So I'm watching it. The lady just stopped in the middle of the pro. She said, you know, it was about this plane that we believe on. He's going to get that plane. Now, the three of them that, uh, that's on the panel, they say, yeah, he's going to get that plane. That guy is going to get that plane. And the Lord said, the devil's agreeing with you, Jesse. <laughs> what shall I do for thee? 
That's what God is saying. You see, you must awaken your conscience to believe above people's objections. Why? God will overrule their objections. You must awaken your conscience to believe above people's objections. God will overrule their objections. You see, God always gives an overflowing. So don't cap off the goodness of God with limited thinking or limited faith or limited words. Why would I limit myself? Why would I do that? You see what I'm saying? Why would you do that? Because someone told you you should. You know, you know, I can't get over this. I'm going to shock you when I say this. You know, I'm 73 years old, and I still get hit on. Can you believe that? That's the craziest thing. And they don't want me happy. They want my money. But it ain't my money. It's Kathy's money. And she's not going to give it to no little hussy. Now, I don't know what a hussy is, but I know Kathy don't like no hussies. I had a prostitute come up to me the other day. Don't judge her. She's just trying to make a living. Just like you're trying to make a living. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. She just came up to me. You know what I said to her? I said, can I ask you a question? She said, sure. I said, who told you that this is the only thing you can do? She was shocked. She was, I said, I don't doubt, lady, that you're very smart that you got great gifts in your life, but you believe someone told you that the only thing you can do is this. I said, well, God doesn't create anybody bad. You just need to find your gifts. But you believe that. And tears coming out of her eyes. I didn't judge her. Why? Jesus didn't judge a lady caught in the act of adultery. The Bible says, be you therefore imitators of God as your children. That ain't my job to judge her. I didn't judge her. I said, you know, I, I said it to her again. I don't doubt you're very smart. I don't doubt you got great gifts. But you just believe what somebody said. Oh, I may change your life. Now, I did what Jesus said. I said, I don't condemn you, sweetheart. Just go sin no more. Find out what you really can do well. And those people that told you that, one day may be working for you. See what I'm saying? That's what Jesus said. Well, you accuse us. I don't have any law. Neither do I condemn you. Go sin no more. He said, but we think adultery and fornication, sex stuff, well, that's, that's just super bad. Lying's super bad. All of it's super bad. I never thought in my entire life <laughs> that people in America wouldn't know what sex they are. Well, let me give you a word of knowledge. Look down. <laughs> Just look down. Yeah, but I don't feel that way. It don't matter what you feel. You are what you are. You may not feel married, but you are. It has nothing to do with you feeling. And if you die and you were born a woman, but you don't feel like you should have been a man, if they dig you up and they extract DNA from your bones, it's going to tell everybody you was a woman. Do you see what I'm saying? Now, these people that believe this are Harvard, Yale, Duke, Columbia, Princeton. They're supposed to be the smart people. Y'all some ignorant fools. It's just total ignorance. 
You're not dumb, but you're definitely ignorant. You see, what shall I do for thee? So I decided to let the Lord do whatever he wants with me. Whatever he wants. That's fine with me. I'm yours to command, Lord. Just tell me what to do, when to do it, where to do it, and how to do it. And I just go do it. It's just literally that simple. Well, suppose you get tired. What do you do? Sleep. I never forget one time. I said, Lord, I'm so tired. He said, well, sleep. I said, well, Lord, I could have thought of that. He said, why didn't you? <laughs> you see, he's always giving and overflowing. See, we just believe in need. Have you ever had too much month at the end of your money? And you told your kids, uh, uh, we got three days, uh, we're fasting these three days, but you ain't got no money to buy no food. Why don't you tell God what you want? Because you don't know. You're so scared, fear, tolerated, faith, contaminated, that somebody going to say something. Because on your best day, you can't impress God with your wealth. He's El Shaddai, the God of more than enough. See, don't let your destiny in receiving pass you by. Don't let your destiny and receiving pass you by. Now, this, and, and I, I want to flow in the Holy Ghost in just a minute. You must have fixed thoughts. You must have fixed thoughts on who God is and what he said you can have. He told Abraham, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna father a child at 100 years old. You what? And your wife is 90. Now, that don't make no sense. That can't happen. Now, at the time, God told that to Abraham, uh, Viagra, and all that other stuff wasn't invented. He said, through Sarah, will all the nations of the world be blessed. Sarah didn't believe it. She started laughing. And the Lord said, why'd you laugh? I didn't laugh. Women are alive. I didn't laugh. Like, yeah, you did laugh. No, I didn't laugh. Yes, you did. Because it was impossible. That's when God shows up. When it's impossible, because the possibility stuff is your job. The impossibility is his job. And, of course, we know Isaac was born. You don't think that man got touched? Sarah went home to be with the Lord. That man married another woman named Keturah. I think he had six more kids. You better eat your Wheaties. <laughs> See, it doesn't make any difference. Why? How could he do it? He considered not. He didn't deny it. He just didn't consider it. He staggered not. And number three is fully persuaded. That's what Elisha was trying to get this woman to do. Consider not your little cruise oil. Stagger not at what I said. And be fully persuaded. Close the door and start pouring. Pretty simple, isn't it? What shall I do for thee? So I told the Lord when I started this ministry, I really didn't know anyone when I started my ministry. The only two preachers I knew was the Pope and Billy Graham. I, you know, I never heard of Kenneth Hagin, Kenneth Copeland, none of them. I met Kenneth Copeland in, in an elevator in Houston, Texas. I didn't know who he was. He said, hello, I'm Kenneth Copeland. That didn't impress me at all. I said, I'm Jesse the Planet. Pleased to meet you. That's it. You know, just being nice, you know, courteous. So when you understand, I didn't know. Because, you see, when you raise Catholic, my generation, they told us don't read the Bible. So we didn't. Kathy never read the Bible until after she was saved. Why? Because only the priest can interpret the Bible. We weren't allowed to talk to God. We don't talk to God. We talk to the priest. 
That's why I wrote a book called Warning a God You Could Talk To. I want to talk to God. You can't talk to God. You talk to me. Yeah, but do you talk to God? I don't say much, but then what I want to talk to you for? <laughs> now, I, I, I come out of a Sicilian neighborhood. I was raised with a bunch of Italians. You do what you got to do. You see what I'm saying? So when you understand that, see, so when I read the Bible, and I didn't start with the book of John. Jeannie, I didn't. I tell people to do that. Now, you know, when you read a book, what do you start with? Page one. So when I read it, it was like this. In the beginning, God. I went, wow, man. Wow, look at here. God created heaven and earth. So I started going down through it. And when I got to that way, he said, let us make, instead of saying, man, I put my name in there. Let us make Jesse. I've been created. So my pastor loved me. But I think I understood scripture better than he did, not just a baby. Because he told me, now, Jesse, you used to drink like a fish. And I did. I drank a fifth of whiskey a day. I mean, I would drink scotch and soda or scotch and water, eating eggs and bacon in the morning. And I was finished with that fifth at about 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Then I was going to drink at night. You know about that happened because you was an old drunk yourself. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> All of us were drunk. I mean, you drank. We, we, just the way it is. That's what we did. So watch this. So he told me, now, Brother Jesse, you got to be real careful. You don't want to get around people with booze. You know, because, man, you know, you drank so much. I had that confused look on my face because, you see, that was doubt. I said, but, but Pastor, 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, therefore, if anybody be in Christ. I said, Pastor, do you believe I'm saved? He said, I know you're saved. I said, but God said I'm a new creation. He just looked at me. I said, old things have passed away. Why are you talking to me about old things? I'm a new creation. So are you. He went, oh, Jesse, I apologize. Well, I wasn't trying to reprimand. I, I didn't know what I was saying. I was just repeating what God said through the Apostle Paul to the church of Corinth. I chose to believe that. What shall he do for me? Delivered me completely. I got born again and delivered all at the same time. I don't sin every day. The Bible said we've all sinned, but that doesn't mean you're all sinners. I don't sin every day. That's a religious lie. In fact, the only time I sin is when I make myself, when I get in the flesh. But if I crucify the flesh daily instead of Sunday, I don't fulfill the lust of the flesh. A dead man can't do nothing. Now, you got to understand, I'm, I'm going to close it. I made a lot of money in my life. Oh, God, man, let me tell you. Oh, I have made some money in my life. I have been rich, and I've been poor. Rich is better. But it don't make you happy at all. But it makes you comfortable while you're miserable. <laughs> Which means you ain't got to worry about your car note or your house note. Or you got money. But you are miserable. Robin Williams, I think the greatest comedian we've ever seen, could make the world laugh but couldn't make himself laugh. And he committed suicide. He was filthy rich. And money was the most disappointing thing of my life because I was raised very poor, and I wasn't ashamed of that. My mom and dad did the best they could. And I used to tell uh, Kathy, I said, man, I'm gonna, I said, follow me, Kathy. I said, I'm going to tell you something, man. I am going to make some money. And I became a rock entertainer and a rock music. And I worked in, 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 in the big places. I worked on the same circuit as Led Zeppelin and ZZ Top. You ever heard of those people? Led Zeppelin, ZZ Top. Kiss. Kiss was a little later. 
But I mean, it was easy topic, my God. The Almond Brothers Band. Oh, 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 Lord. Southern Rock and all that kind of stuff. Uh, Billy Preston, you know. You know, uh, will it go around in circles? Mm-hmm. Lord. <laughs> Look at the black people. Go ahead, baby. I just love it. <laughs> will it fly like a bird in the sky? Well, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Look at the white people. You know, you know what? No, no, you don't understand. You don't understand. <laughs> That's all I knew. You see, now when I got born again, all that changed. I thought you had to be poor to be a Christian. Because I heard give and don't expect nothing in return. So that's exactly what happened. Nothing ever came. We gave all our money away. That was a lot of money. Ooh, that was a lot of money. They didn't want me, but they sure wanted my money. Isn't that amazing? That was the easiest thing I ever did in my life because money was such a disappointment. I said, Kathy, we got to be poor, you know, because we got to go to heaven. Didn't know nothing about the Bible. Never read the thing. But I began, I said, I got to read this Bible. I remember I read Genesis and I read Exodus. And happy, I said, man, I can understand that. But when I got to Leviticus, I said, this is a bloody book here, baby. This will work on the streets of New Orleans. You do what you got to do here, but Jesus, man, I need some help on this book here. You know, that kind of stuff. And three years later, now I I mortgaged a house and I financed the car. Before that, I was just buying cash. And I'm telling you, I mean, you can make a million dollars a night. In the rock world. Girls screaming. You understand that? Wow! And young people, that's your grandma doing that. (laughs) Your your grandma. That's right. You wouldn't think so, but it's the truth. (laughs) And I never, I had an Abraham day, Pastor. I walked out my house, and the Lord said, give me all your money. Now, this is the second time this child. Whew. Wait, wait, wait. What came in my mind was this. Well, how am I going to pay this house note? How am I going to pay this car note? I really rebuked that. Because, you see, take no thought saying. Thoughts only come when you say them. If you don't speak them, they die. They, they abort themselves. They die unborn. But once you say them, they become yours. I said, yes, sir. I'll do it. Walked in, I said, Kathy, God told us to give us all our money away. And when I say, I, I, say, I mean, that includes Jody's piggy bank. Open it up, the bottom of it, throw it out the cash, the coins or whatever it is. And I walked back out of the house, I was so proud, I said, okay. And I heard this, and it was in King James language, because thou has done this, Jesse, and you have not withheld from me anything. I'm going to bless you around your wildest dreams. So I came, I said, well, God's going to bless us. And ladies and gentlemen, I am a very blessed man. I have a beautiful home. Happy and Jenny slept in it many, many times. Blessing of God. Hallelujah. I think Happy wants to stay in one of the other bedrooms, but Jenny likes the yellow one, so you just got to do what you got to do. He keeps telling me, you know, but I, w- I wouldn't mind having a piece of this happy. I wouldn't mind. I, wouldn't mind. I, 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 take, I take the blue one or the black one. And, and Jenny says, shut up. Caldwell. Get, get, get in the yellow room. Okay. <laughs> you know, and it's nice, but it's not as big. It's a 20 by 20 room. That's the smallest bedroom in, in, in that house. But 20 by 20 is pretty big, 24 by 20. Oh, the other ones are way bigger. To make a long story short, I mean, I said, God, and God began to bless me. And I have to watch what I say. You know why? 
Because I get it. Oh, I get it. It's going to happen. There's no other choice in the matter. You see, people told me this the other day that I had to straighten them out. Brother, I could tell they're all depressed. Brother, I said, what's the problem, man? Everything's falling apart. I said, no, everything's falling in place. It ain't falling apart, man. It's falling in place. Why? Jesus is coming, man. There's things that got to happen. Look up your redemption draw. Now, it ain't going to fall apart. It's falling in place. It's going to happen. I don't believe it. I don't care. It's still the truth. I was telling them in the little room a while ago, I had a man tell me, I don't believe in the rapture. I said, stay here. <laughs> stay. We won't. I, told, I, I received an offering in Braden, Florida. I was telling them, and I looked at this lady. She was well, very well dressed. She looked like a lady of substance. Whatever. I said, you're going to believe it a hundredfold? She said, I said, you're not ready for me. And I walked off. Now, that sounds arrogant. Oh, no, she's not ready for me. I just did what Jesus said. Oh, Jerusalem, how would I love to gather you like a hen gathers his chicks, but you would not. You're not ready for me. Paul said that. You're not ready for me. See, you got to understand, you're going to get some persecution when you believe these uh, uncompromised things. You know why? Not because they dislike you. They're just not ready for you. Not that you better. They're just not ready for you. They're just not ready for you, man. So they're going to say what they got to say. Let them say what they got to say. Just smile, because one day they're going to come to you. I had a guy one time, I pulled a, I pulled a Daniel on him, son. And he, he's a similar God preacher. He was not going to invite me because he was mad at me about I don't know what. And I said, let me tell you something, son. I'm going to the party because I'm the only one that can read that handwriting on that wall. <laughs> I said, mark my words, when it happened, you ain't going to understand a thing. You will call for me. And he did 31 years later. I went to the party. He said, Jesse, we don't know what to do. I said, well, I'm going to read the handwriting. I'm not bragging about that. It's just the way it is. See, I just decided to believe what God said, even though my intellectual mind said, well, it don't look like this is going to work. Well, I'm, I don't deny what I see. I deny it's right to affect me or to affect you. So that's what Elisha was saying. Now, why did God tell me to minister this tonight? Because what do you want him to do to you? Spiritual, physical, financial. It can be all three. It could be just one. What do you want him to do? Can I say one more story? You may have heard me say this. I have one daughter. And it's the greatest miracle I think I've ever done. Jody is just a blessing to me. And my granddaughter, naturally. When Jody and Ed got married, they bought a home. And they bought a car. So they, find, you know, they mortgage the house and they finance the car. Now, between the house note and the car note, those kids, uh, the financial level is about right. Here, you just starting out, you know what I'm saying, like that? Okay. So when I found out about it, because Jody never asks me for nothing, my daughter. <laughs> so when I found out about it, I said, now, Kathy, I was flying out to do a meeting. I said, Kathy, put your ear to the floor. Because let's buy these kids something good. We want to give them a nice house gift. You know, this is the first home. You know, I want to get them something nice, you know, whatever it is. I said, but I don't know. You know, when you've been, me and Kathy have been married 52 years, you don't even need to talk. You just look at each other. I mean, you just know. You just know. You know, it just, you just know it. It's just the way it is. Well, I didn't know. So I, I flew in from Chicago, and uh, Kathy said, she, uh, they always say this when I fly in, the eagle has landed. 
And then when I, at the office, they called me the golden goose. I prefer to be an eagle than a goose. <laughs> but anyway, Kathy said, uh, why don't you let, let security drop you off at Jody's house? I said, okay. I had never been to the house. So I walked into the house, and she opened the door, and she's all bubbly. She said, Daddy, you like it, Daddy? Do you like it, Daddy? I said, Jody, this is beautiful. She said, do you really like it? I said, Jody, I tell you what, God has blessed you. And that, I'm saying, this is a beautiful house. I said, this is so gorgeous. She said, I would really love it, Dad. I said, well, I know you should. It's such a blessing. And then she said, I want to show you something, Dad. And she pulls out this Architectural Digest magazine. Have you ever seen that? Magazine kind of thick. And she said, Dad, I want to show you something. She said, now, we don't have the money now, by no means. You know? And she flips over, and she, and she sees one of these Persian rug runners, I think that's what they call that, a runner that she puts in her foyer. You know? And it was about two or $3,000, maybe, something like that. Maybe a little more, I don't know. Well, when she, when, I, when she was telling me about it, I looked at Kathy. I said, this is making a nice little house here. So I looked at Jody, and I said, Jody, why don't you go ahead and order the rug? Send me the bill. I'll take care of it. She goes, oh, no, Daddy, I can't let you do that, Daddy. That, I didn't show you that so you could buy that for me. I can't let you do that. And I looked at her, and I said, okay. And I got my car and went home. She didn't ask me for the rug. I'm her father trying to bless this kid. But she would not. She wasn't ready for me. Three months passed. I came in with them. I stopped at her house again. I walked in there happy. And I said, Jody, you ever go get some drapes in here? Get some drapes and curtains on these windows? Have you ever put sheets on the windows? Anybody ever done that? Hold your hand up. Yeah, it's called normal. It's called life, you know. You, you, you got to get the way it is. She said, well, Daddy, I, 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 I don't have that money. I, I can't do what you and Mom do. My Lord, you know, I said, she said, you know, I said, Jody, you call Mr. Signorelli. Now, he, that's a man in the drapery business. I said, pick all your fabrics. It makes no difference how much it costs. And all the work that it takes on blinds, whatever, and do every window in the house, every one of them, and tell Signorelli to send me the bill. She goes, Oh, no, Daddy, I can't let you do Daddy, you know how much one window treatment is? Daddy, I can't let you do that. That's just too much. I can't let you do that. And I looked at it, and I went, okay. And I got my car, and I went home. <laughs> she didn't ask me for the drapes. She did not ask me for the rug. I'm her father. Six months passed. Six months. And I knew they had a brand new car. They had bought it. It was a, one of, uh, called an Infinity. I think that's what it's called, Infinity. So I'm coming in from New York. I land, and, they, and, and I don't carry a cell phone. Kathy does. She says, I don't have an iPhone. I have an us phone. <laughs> I mean, how many times you call? You know, you just wait. I want a little peace in my life. And not that I, she can't talk to me. I just don't want to mess with that. But anyway, make a long story short. I said, I just got it from New York. She said, listen. Uh, Ed and Jody want to take us to Mr. B's. That's my favorite restaurant in New Orleans. You ever come to New Orleans? You go to Mr. B's. Get the barbecue shrimp. You shoot it in your veins. It just, <laughs> God, the gumbo yaya. Am I right? I, I brought happy. I'm telling you, this, uh, I'm telling you, it ain't healthy, but you're going to die with a smile on your face. <laughs> <laughs> it's just that good. My God. And she said, uh, they want to pick us up. They're going to drive Mr. B's. And they want to pay for the meal. I said, well, that's not going to happen. 
I'll say, she can pick us up. They will remember. I said, I'm the daddy. I'm going to pick this kid. I just don't let it happen. I'm the father. Okay. She picks me up. I had never been in a car. I saw it from afar. Never sat in the back seat, toughed it, let a beautiful car. And I'm looking. I said, boy, Kathy, look at this car. How nice this thing is. She said, yeah, it's nice. And Jody said, you like it, daddy? I said, man, Jody, this is a fine car. I said, man, this is a blessing of the Lord. Daddy, we're going to keep this car forever. I said, no, you're not. It's your first new car. It's going to wear out. But that's all right. I said, just enjoy it and, and you know, just enjoy yourself. And so I'm just looking at it. Now, they got a light in New Orleans that everybody hates. It's been there for 30 years. It's too long. It makes you cuss or speak in tongues, either one. <laughs> if you're saved, you speak in tongues, and if you're not saved, you're cussing. When are they going to change this light? Because it takes forever to change it to green. So we're just sitting there. And I said, Jody, Hetty, did you uh, finance this car? Well, yeah, Daddy. We don't, we're not like you and Mama. Y'all buy your cars cash and just get everything you want. I said, where did you finance this car? No, we had the lights, see. She said, right over here on the corner. Uh, I think it was Bel Pelican State, Pelican State Savings and Loan, something like that, whatever. I said, that's why you financed the car? She said, yeah. Light turns green. I say, Eddie, drive over there, and I'll go in there and pay your car off. Jody says, let the Lord lead you, Daddy. <laughs> let the Lord lead you, Daddy. Come on, Daddy. Just let the Lord lead you, Daddy. <laughs> Three, four minutes, we come out. She's got the title in her hand. The car's paid for. She says, hey, Dad, is that... that Rug and curtain deal still out there. <laughs> I said, Jody, that money has been sitting in a bank for six months, but you would not. How long has the things God has given you been sitting in the bank, but you would not? Hmm. Didn't you think it was going to end like that, did you? Say, how much will you let God do? How long? How many times God wanted to bless you? I'm not worthy, Lord. I'm not this. And, whoa. And he's been sitting there. And all God wants to do is bless his kids. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's what Elisha's telling him. What shall I do for thee? That's God speaking through. Listen, woman. What? what? Yes, sir. It took us six months. But I asked her that her birthday is coming up on October the 25th. She told me this yesterday. She said, Dad. I said, what, Jody? Can you believe you got a daughter that's going to be 51 years old? I said, yeah, I was there when you was born. I paid for you. I got you out the hospital. Yeah. I, I said, Jody, just a number. Don't make any difference. Just a number. Forget about it. I said, oh, by the way, I didn't say what you need. I said, what you want for your birthday? She said, let the Lord lead you, Daddy. <laughs> Let the Lord lead you, Daddy. Let the Father lead you. And if it's wealth, fine. And if it's people, fine. If it's health, fine. whatever, spiritual, physical, fine. Just let the Lord lead you. And don't worry about what anybody else says. And if somebody says anything, just say, look what God has done. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes, sir. Look what God has done. 
why are you here? So you can hear this. Not because of me. God has been holding stuff for a long time. But you keep coming up with excuses to receive it. Or your fear of choosing makes you choose nothing. Spiritual, physical, or financial. <laughs> a lady asked me this the other day, you know, I've been waiting for a husband a long time. I said, that's your problem. You've been waiting. She said, what? I said, you got to do something, woman. I said, you can get somebody's attention, but I want to make sure it's the right one. Well, how be it when the spirit of truth is come here, guide you in all truth? She said, well, at this point, I take anything. Don't say that. <laughs> you don't want to say that. Ain't no thing. You might get some ugly-looking man, Lord Jesus. <laughs> tell God what you want. Can I tell you one more story? When I used to think 72 was old. I don't know more because I'm 73. <laughs> I, I rented a Shreveport Civic Center. Jam-packed the place to preach a meeting. I'm walking. And there was this 72-year-old woman, Jim. And there was a door. She just pushed me in a closet. Boom. I mean, I'm in the closet. She closed the door. She said, I want a man. I said, I am not your man, mama. <laughs> I'm trying to get out of this. I'm, this is literally she said, no, you don't understand. I want a man. I ain't dead. I said, okay, it's good. Open the door. She said, my husband died about four years ago, and I want a man. And I want him to have money. I said, okay. And I figured I ain't getting out of this closet unless I pray for this woman. So I grabbed her by the hand. Jesus, give her a man. She needs help. With some money. She said, I receive it. She opened the door. I said, I got out of there, man. <laughs> Making sure nobody see me come out that Because, <laughs> you know, I was, I was 34. Eight months later, I went to her hometown, Norman, Oklahoma. Never been there before in my life. Here she comes, walking. And I got a man on her arm. She goes, it worked. <laughs> and he turned out to be the richest man in the town. She knew what she wanted. Now you think... God did that? Yeah. Yeah. He wanted her happy. She wanted to be happy. Why can't you be happy? Stand to your feet. Did you enjoy it today? Give the Lord a hand clap for that. Could we move this out the way if that's all right?